You know it's bad when Bernie Sanders sitting there trying to referee. It's like, Bernie, shut up. You're a communist. You're a socialist. Oh, stop it. You're a United States senator. Sit down, sir. Sit down. You're a sit down. What is that called for? Shut up. Let him fight. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. No, you can't. This is a hearing. And God knows the American people have enough of contempt for Congress. Welcome to the All-American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. And welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke, with my beautiful heterosexual bearded life partner, Josh, sitting right across the controls from me, operating those bad boys like the uh, the submarine that went down to hunt for the Titanic. Let's hope we don't have the same outcome. That would not be good. <laughs> What's going on, folks? Glad you're here today. Uh, this is the All-American Savage Show. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, we're running a little bit late today. I had guitar lessons. Um, they ran over a little bit. We're trying to get work some times out, so... I wanted to make sure we got the show started on time, but I have not had lessons in like two weeks, so I'm feeling pretty guilty right now. So I did an hour, then I went to the gym, worked out, practiced a little bit, and then I came in to do the show. Appreciate you all being here. If you could, make sure that you hit that share button, you hit the like button. Uh, people said they got notifications. Outstanding. Outstanding. You did. Okay. Ditto timely on Rumba. Okay, that's good to hear. That is good to hear. Maybe they're uh, making improvements for the better about time it's about time no anyway oh my gosh it, it's all over twitter right now if you didn't see it yesterday uh neocon nikki nikki is just uh i think this is it for her um i will be highly shocked if she makes it to the next debate um for those that don't know um neocon nikki came out and said that essentially she wants anonymous accounts removed from social media now, the reasoning she gave for this was essentially that um, because we have Iranian and Russian propagandists, you have people posting like very negative things, hate speech, trolls, whatever the case may be. And Nikki has just gone like really hard in the paint on this one. And is Rumble lag- lagging? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Somebody said uh, the Rumble's lagging. I don't know. Uh, hopefully not. It, it, everything looks like it's doing good. Yeah. Stream's in excellent condition. Just refresh it. Um let me try and find you this clip of Nikki Haley because, oh my God, it doesn't it doesn't look good on her because again it's the it's the very idea of saying that she had a couple things that she yeah there was a few things that she interjected into that and I was just kind of like I hope people see through this nonsense they should because this is just ridiculous. Um, I think the older generation might get on board with this because, I mean, who, who really wants trolls on the Internet? But unfortunately, there's really no other way about that around that. That's just kind of what comes with the, the being on the Internet. So let's go to this real quick. This is uh, Nikki Haley talking about um, wanting to ban it, wanting to ban Anon accounts. And this is her policy position. This was not a fluke. This was not an accident. This is what she actually has to say about the matter. Um, it is her policy. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. You see, that right there is a massive concern for me because that's once again the government trying to uh, 
interject itself into the free market by saying like, hey, you know, when I get into office, you're going to open up, you're going to show me this stuff, you're going to tell me what I want to hear. Well, Nikki Haley, she presents herself right here in this capacity as like, I'm on your side. So I'm going to go represent you in the government. And these companies, they're going to stand accountable for what they're doing. But what people don't seem to remember is like, once you take that position in the government, you don't have that right to sit there and as a government official to demand a private company such as Twitter, which is privately owned, it's owned by Elon. You don't have that right as the government to say, hey, you've got to make this transparent. That's absolutely not. Like, I'll put it this way. This is something that I feel most people can get behind uh, in regards to Nikki Haley's thing. I think that anonymous accounts should be banned by the government when the government releases the Epstein client log. When, when you do that, we'll have some conversations. But because we, but we both know you're not going to. There's no way you're going to. Because half of you were probably on that log. Yeah. Let's just be realistic about this. So so what about sites like 4chan and Reddit? They're going to they're gonna be gone. Uh, I would assume. You have a pen? Uh, Where did my pen go? I don't know. I would assume it's one of those things that... Um, you want a marker? No. <laughs> I don't know where my pen went. I'll oh, screw it. I would assume it's one of those things that, you know, you can't touch 4chan. You can't touch these things like that. So she said social media company. Is 4chan, I don't think it kind of falls in that category of social media. I mean, it is, clearly. But I don't think it's in the category she's describing. And if it is, sort of good like luck. message board, right? Yeah, good luck. You're not, you're not going to be able to moderate that. But again, it's the, the principle right off the bat, though, is like the government has no business getting involved in private corporations, private business, private entities. Absolutely not. Even if it's with the best of intentions. Yeah. And again, every time they pose one of these things of like... um you know, it's for your own good. We saw this with the Patriot Act. We see this with gun rights. We see this with them doing this nonstop. And quite honestly, it's just like, it's always the same thing. It's like, hey, I'm here to help. But in so doing, I'm just going to take this little right right here and I'm just going to pull it away. You know, Patriot Act. We're going to have the right to spy on you now. And there's nothing you can do about it. And then we're going to go ahead and ban this. You know, anything in, in regards to the second, but we're just going to take this for your own yeah. good. It's always the same case, folks. It's always the same thing over and over and over again, and it never gets any better. So Nikki is just positioning herself once again as big government, a big government neocon. Let's keep listening because she doubles down. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's first of all, it's a national security threat when you do. Which is funny to me because Nikki Haley, that's not actually her name. That's not her full name. If you don't know it, I suggest you go look it up. So it's like, wait, Nikki, you, you don't even go by your full name. And okay, let's keep going. Do that. All of a sudden, people have to stand by what they say. And it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. So you're going to get some civility. Man, that comes off as like hardcore hate speech right there. It's like, you're going to get some civility. Well, again, to achieve your outcome, and I think that's everybody's desired outcome, we would like to have civility on social media. Who wouldn't? But at the same time, it's not possible. It's not feasible. But again, it's always like, we're going to have some civility, meaning you're going to say the things that I like, and then it's going to turn into, you're going to say the things I agree with. And if you don't, I'm going to ban you. Yeah. That's the way it always works. Every social media company. Let's go. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our... So now you're just trying to shame people. So now your pastor and your family is going to say... Uh, but what about being anonymous? Anonymity, that, that has a long history, a long standing in this country. And that's basically what she says. Then she goes in some other podcast and she says the same things again. And she tries to reason with these people. But the second point that I wanted to make on this one is that not only, again, is the government interfering in the free market, free enterprise, but I would like, and I talked about this last night, specifically on Twitter. I was like, I would like to take you back to rural Pennsylvania. 
And there was a newspaper there called the, paper, uh, the Pennsylvania Gazette. And that Pennsylvania Gazette had several articles written in it with a man that had an nom de plume. I don't know if y'all know who I'm talking about. His name was Benjamin Franklin. He actually helped write the Declaration of Independence. He wrote many articles pushing for freedom, advocating for liberty, talking about the tyranny of Britain from a nom de plume because he, like many other people, were worried what the government would try and do to him. And it's like, well, you know, you should be able to stand by what you say. This is back in the day where, like, kind of like what common England or contemporary England's doing now, they'd come and arrest you and they'd execute you. That's, that's treasonous in their eyes. You couldn't speak against the king. You could King George? Absolutely not. Because what happens if they do? Well, the American Revolution. I mean, I kinda, you kind of prove your own point right there. It's like, we should be able to write anonymously from fear of retribution by a tyrannical government. And the other part of it is, it's kind of like, why do people want to write anonymously? And I'm not even going to get into the weeds on, you know, women out there that are being harassed by people on social media. Then now you can have dudes that look these women up, find them in the yellow pages, go to their... There is so much that goes beyond just the basic principles of liberty. It goes way more in depth than that. But again, Nikki Haley doesn't think about stuff like that. I I kind of feel bad for... um, I kind of feel bad for whomever is on her campaign that probably got fired over this. It's like, hey, Nikki. Hey, bring it in. Bring it in. Okay, here. I got a, I got an idea, guys. Um, we're going to push for censorship. But here's how, though. We're not going to call for it directly. We're just going to say anonymous accounts. Because who likes these? They're, they're annoying, right? Huh? I follow a lot of anonymous accounts on Twitter. And there's, there's reasons they stay anonymous. Because yeah. it's like, hey, for my viewpoints, for my opinions during lockdowns, my stance against COVID could have gotten me fired. What about people that are actually working in the government who want to stay anonymous? That's true, too. Well, but still get some information out there. Yeah. I, I just feel like this is so multifaceted. But I think, and you know, if you go on Twitter, you go on social media, uh, bro, there is, I, I don't see anybody out there really agreeing with this. Like everybody I feel is on the same sheet of music, music thankfully, because honestly, you know, when people adopt this type of idea, it's like, uh, this is not going to go well. Again, you think it's like, you think it's a good idea at the time. It's like, well, of course, you know, we're going to use, um, the idea of, you know, no more trolling. Yeah, who, who likes trolls, right? Unless you are one. Fair enough. But, no. With the good comes the bad. With, with guns and the Second Amendment com- comes gun crime. With cars comes drunk drivers. Now, do we ban the, the first because of the second? With every good thing comes bad. With, with newspapers came propaganda. With television came ridiculous TV shows and, and propaganda. With radio, same thing. There's always a bad to it. But if you're going to go by the metric of bad as being the ruler to which something should be banned or allowed, then you're going to ban everything. Everything can be manipulated and used for the wrong reasoning. It's kind of human nature. It's to be expected. And that includes policy at the hands of the government. That includes policy. But Jeremy Boring at the Daily Wire had a very, well, weird take on this. I'll let you read it. This is from his Twitter Um I did not expect him, of all people, to really say our something like this. this help our um, didn't make sense to me. Hold on. Let me pull this down real quick. And get out of that. Here we go. Um, he says, and this is in response to uh, Ron DeSantis, who responded to Nikki Haley, talking about, you know, uh, DeSantis said, you know who were anonymous writers back in the day? Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, and James Madison when they wrote the Federalist Papers. 
Um, they were not national security threats, nor are they, or are they many conservative. But then Jeremy Boring responds to DeSantis, and this is Jeremy Boring's take. He says, meh, Haley's national security bit was silly, but anonymous social media use isn't the answer to protecting conservative speech online. It's the reason conservative speech online is threatened in the first place. Um, he says... Conservatives live in constant fear of losing their jobs from speech because we've allowed them to ghettoize our beliefs and trick us into thinking the ghetto offers us protection. All it really does is make it easy to destroy anyone who gets caught venturing out of the ghetto, which keeps more people in. It's self-perpetuating. So what he's saying right here is like if you allow them to back you into a corner and make you afraid to speak your beliefs publicly and put your name behind it, you've basically allowed them to kind of put you in the self-made ghetto. He's got a point here. But to continue... Uh, let's let's talk to the second part. I don't agree with. He says an anonymous hate trolling online is not akin to publishing tracks under a synonym. It's far more akin to rioting with a mask on. It has more than anything else contributed to radicalization and dehumanization of political opponents on both sides. I disagree that trying to write anonymously is akin to demonstrating or protesting and violently with a mask on. I, I disagree entirely. You can. I mean, it's it is. Similarly akin to it, yes, but there's also other examples you could use of, again, the Federalist Papers, the Gazette, people that are uh, leaking information about the COVID stuff that, you know, they don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, again, Jeremy Boring once again proves my point. You're utilizing the, the negative thing, but you're also not focusing on the positive thing. Now, in his second paragraph there about the ghetto, I, I agree. I feel like stand behind your words, but unfortunately, not everybody in the position to do that. Yeah. We are. We own our business. We can't be fired. So it's like, we'll stand behind our, I don't care. We'll scream from the rooftops. But what about doctors? What about lawyers? What about these people that work for other people? Yeah, look at the doctors and workers. lawyers that came out against COVID and all that yeah. shit that was going on. They were shut down. Yeah, they were. A lot of people got fired over it. And then they come back and they sue, thankfully. Yeah. He says, it's popular, obviously. So politicians are loath will challenge it and it's difficult to distinguish it from protected speech so it's not clear how best to regulate it within our own framework uh, but we would rather have more and better speech without it and a better country too and again trying to rationalize the banning of anonymous accounts theoretically i disagree i don't think you can get one without the other they're always going to be there now you can put more strict policies in there but i mean ultimately what are you going to do unless it's somebody threatening national security yeah or threatening people's lives. Yeah, I, I agree. Think, then you probably want to figure out who that is so you can stop. If it was absolutely, like a yeah. bomber. Yeah, absolutely. But just someone voicing their opinion about, you know, yeah. uh, the Wuhan virus mm -hmm. or the southern border. Well, that, which got people banned, which right. got people censored, which got people fired. There was a reason for yeah. being anonymous. Yeah. There was a legit reason. It's just funny to me how you can call for these things in the wake of what just happened from COVID. Like, do, do you really not learn your lesson with this? But she's the government. Again, this is... Neocon Nikki being an, another neoconservative. Yeah. The state, it's big state is what it ultimately panders down to, or boils down to, rather. We're going to protect you for your own good. And if you don't, well, we're going to lock you down because it's for your own good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with these people. I know um, even um, uh, Jordan Peterson, he's even called for it which was kind of interesting to me. It's like, why would you call for it? Like you of all people. But I, there's, I think I, there's a lot more uh, disagreement I have with Jordan Peterson's politics. And I think anyone in the daily, daily wire, I see the reasoning. And again, just like Jeremy Boring, I see the reasoning behind what you're saying, but I have to sadly disagree with that. I, I cannot concede to that. It's like yeah. people should be allowed to have, and again, I get trolled all the time. It's just part of the game. And if you can't handle it, don't be on Twitter. That's, that's the biggest issue. Um, or, and also you can turn your replies off. Don't read comments. That's probably the easiest way. So 
Uh, people will talk about, you know, rule number one, don't use your real name on the internet. True. But then again, I mean, eventually, uh, yeah. There, there are things that you can do that would prevent you from being tracked, using a VPN, all kinds of stuff like that, so you can't get IP looked up. I do the same thing. But, yeah, fair enough. It's, it's really up to the individual. Did you see uh, Rashida Tlaib? As far as the Facebook group? Yeah. Yeah, I've got that article coming up. Uh, this episode is brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. Folks, if you've not checked it out, you should. We have great a great variety of wonderful products over there. If you're looking for something to help you sleep, we've got our Rackout Gummies. Now, the Rackout Gummies uh, are THC-free. They contain no THC. You will not fail a drug test. You can go check it out. It is uh, 15 milligrams of CBD and 5 milligrams of melatonin. This is not only going to help you fall asleep, but stay asleep. And also, every single one of our products comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. And if you've not done so, make sure you go sign up and get logged in for uh, the $1,000, total of $1,000 giveaway that we have going on because, uh, you know, it's, it's worth it. Uh, I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. In fact, here is the link. I'm going to post it uh, while we're doing this shout-out. Just go to the link there. It says Viral Sweep Above. That's where you can go sign up at. Enter your email address, and you're automatically automatically, automatically entered to win the first $500 worth of free product. What are you waiting for? Or you can just go to shellshockcbd.com, and the little pop-up shows up right when you get there and says, hey, would you like to sign up for the email list? You're automatically entered, too. It's just that easy. Shellshockcbd.com, the nation's fastest-growing veteran-owned CBD brand. We appreciate all the love and support of all of our listeners that trust us enough to give us their business. You guys are freaking awesome. We wouldn't be here without you. I mean, we, we legitimately would not be here without you. We wouldn't be able to do this. So let's get into today's other article. Uh, did you see the the Republican uh, face-off? Oh, yeah. Uh, I got that pulled up. Let's go take a look at it right here. Republican challenges union leader to physical fight during a hearing. Yeah, bear with me, folks. Uh, Republican Senator Markwin Mullen challenged Teamsters General President Sean O'Brien. to oh, he's Irish. That's just automatically right there. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't try and fight an Irishman. You're going to lose. Um, uh, General uh, O'Brien to a fight during a hearing on Tuesday. O'Brien was present to speak to the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Help Committee, joined by other union leaders, including United Auto Worker UAW President Sean Fain and Sarah Nelson, president of the Association of Flight Attendants. The committee is chaired by Democratic Senator Bernie Sanders. Oh, joy. Teamsters chief was instrumental in helping tens of thousands of United Parcel Service employees get wage increases and other benefits as part of a wish list that helped avoid a major long-term strike in the delivery industry. Mullen questioned O'Brien during the hearing, saying that his demeanor was less confrontational than last time the Teamsters representative was before the committee. Since that meeting, O'Brien had posted five separate times about Mullen on X, formerly Twitter, according to the senator. And the last post reportedly referred to Mullen as a greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. The post also encouraged Mullen of Oklahoma to quit the tough guy act during Senate hearings, adding, you know where to find me any place, any time, cowboy. So let me go ahead and pull this up for you guys so you can actually listen to it because uh, they're, they're, they're trying to flex. They're trying to flex over here. We'll pull this up. This is the hearing. You got uh, Senator Mullen there. And uh, here we go. Appreciate your demeanor today. It's quite different. But after you left here, you got pretty excited about the keyboard. In fact, you mm. tweeted at me one, two, three, four, five times. And let me read what the last one said. Um, it said, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. Sir, I wish you was in the truck with me when I was building my plumbing company myself. And my wife was running the office because... I sure remember working pretty hard in long hours. 
Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that your solution? Every poll. No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Active. Oh, okay. okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Shin. it. Hold it. If hold we can't, no, I have the mic. Said. I'm sorry. This is hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. You know it's bad when Bernie Sanders sitting there trying to referee. It's like, Bernie, shut up. You're a commie. You're a oh, socialist. Stop oh, stop it. You're a United States senator. Sit down, sir. Sit down. You're a United States senator. What this is uncalled for. Shut up. Let him fight. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. No, you can't. This is a hearing. And God knows the American people have enough of contempt for Congress. Let's not I don't make like it worse. thugs and you, bullies. You have, and that's you have I don't like you because you just described yourself. Hold it. You have the mic. Yeah. You have time. All make right. your statement. Then knows. <laughs> that's, that's essentially it. I mean, okay. All joking aside, I'm a part of me is just kind of like, let him fight. I didn't know Mullen was a MMA fighter. Well, look at him when he stood up. He's like a Jack Diesel son oh, of a bitch. He's like, God. Yeah, yeah, like, I do want to go outside, as a matter of fact. That dude's about to roll you up, dude. Yeah. He's about to turn you into a pretzel. I know. Like, all right. But then again, I mean, you get that a lot from every time you have, like, a Senate hearing. Like, people be wanting to fight the senator. But it's just like, dude, yeah, that's the, the, the teamster dude. It's like, bro, you're sitting there calling out a say, you know where I'm at, cowboy. Okay, bro. But no, I think they, I think they definitely would have like just straight up like Rochambeau it out right there on the uh, little space there. I think uh, Mullins would for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I'm just kind of like, hey, Sanders, shut up, let he's it happen. Here, he's taking his ring off. He's like, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and do this. He's about to do he's this. Like, just another day at the office. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I mean, shut you, up, Bernie. <laughs> you got to take this from us. <laughs> Bernie's always screwing up everything. Sit down, sir. Sit down. I said, this is a chamber. It's like something out of a South. Okay, I'm finished. Shut up, Bernie. You always ruin everybody's fun. Let the two dudes do it. Let's let's let them have it. Let them, we'll fight it out. They're consenting, right? Yeah, they're two consenting adults. And, you know, that's what Mullins just said. He said, we're two consenting adults. He's like, you want to do it? He's like, yeah. He's like, there you go. There's your consent. Now, I don't think that's enough to really... Well, I mean, I don't know if, like, say, wanted to press charges later. I don't think he'd be able to because, like, hey, you consented to it. I thought there was a uh, law here in Texas, too, to where you could challenge someone to a street fight. Yeah. And then... I wish we could go back to duels. I think challenging people to a duel would be an awesome thing. Think about it. Like, it's like, you know, you say something, like, sir, I accept your challenge. You just pull out a, I don't know, something, smack them with it. And then you just go outside and then you have like dueling pistols. And I mean, how cool would that be? We would solve a lot of the problems. A lot of the problems. Hey, maybe there's your civility on, so, civility on social media with Nikki Haley. It's like, you know, you know, you get into a little Twitter. People's like, sir, I challenge you. Here's my digital gauntlet. We'll fly to the state and meet here at noon. Ten paces, turn around and, you know, do whatever. The face slapping we'll have to do for now. The face slapping. It'll be a digital face slap. That's it. I'm for it. Then bring back the duels. Although I probably have a, mile, a, a line a mile long waiting to get at me. So I have to get really good at shooting, I guess. <laughs> powder, black powder muskets. That's what we're doing with dueling pistols. Dueling pistols. Now it'd be nine millimeters. And like, da, 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 da. Yeah, it's not going to end well. Wouldn't end well for me. Oh, my gosh. Uh, how we doing, folks? How we doing? Uh, politicians used to duel each other, even fighting. Oh, they did. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Back in the day. Back in the good old days. I thought that was the funniest thing ever. Oh, my God. 
All right, let's move on. Um, the article you were talking about before comes to us from Breitbart today. Rashida Tlaib, member of private Facebook group, sympathetic to Hamas terrorists. And we're just kind of like, duh. <laughs> this, I mean, she, she, she wanted that anonymity. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> she's a, anonymous. She, she's she's one of yeah. a private Facebook group. Far so left she, representative Rashida Tlaib is reportedly a member of a private Facebook group, which features members who are openly sympathetic to Hamas terrorists, according to a report from Fox News Digital. Uh, Tlaib is a member of a closed group, Palestinian American Congress. Um, Screenshots reveal there are about 15,038 members and non-members are unavailable to view the group. Tlaib, however, has reportedly been a member of this group for six years per screenshots from Fox News Digital, which gained access to the page. This group is fraught with controversy, particularly in the wake of the Hamas terrorist attack in Israel, which occurred October 7th. Some members of this group have shown that they are sympathetic, posting pictures of Hamas terrorists and praising the achievements of resistance in northern occupied Palestine, including dead Israeli soldiers. Another post featured a complaining about the American media, claiming that it and the people directing you are the problem. You created it almost 100 years ago and made it official 75 years ago, and you've been feeding it flam ever since. Um, further, the individual appeared sympathetic towards Hamas terrorists, largely ignoring their sins. Welcome. Can anybody say they're actually surprised by this? No, like not even a little bit. Not even, not even slightly. This is, this is not surprising at all. Like her and then Ilhan. Yeah. Uh, they're like all in on jihad. this. I mean, yeah, they're the group for a reason, right? They're jihad squad for a reason. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like over and over again, they come out and they, they do and say these things. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, oh my God. That's one person I think should be investigated. Bro, the they fact that we're investigating moms and dads and stuff yeah. and not that, that's ridiculous. That's just ridiculous to me, but I don't know. I saw that was trending, and I'm just kind of like, meh, that's not surprising. But uh, talking about leaving troops exposed, here we go. Uh, the destroyer USS Huter shot down, or, excuse me, shot down a drone from Yemen in the Red Sea. The USS Thomas Hudner, uh, an Arlen Burke-class destroyer, shot down a drone from Yemen in the Red Sea, two U.S. defense officials confirmed to Fox News. A defense official said the drone was shot down in self-defense. The drone was heading towards the Hudner, the official said. On Tuesday, during the Pentagon news briefing, Fox News' Jennifer Griffin asked duty Pentagon Press Secretary Sabrina Singh about the lack of U.S. military response to the Houthis in Yemen, who downed the 32 million MQ-9 drone over the Red Sea last week. Isn't the attack... Or excuse me, isn't the lack of response by the U.S. military inviting more actions, aggressive actions by the Houthis? Houthis, uh, Griffin had asked. I wouldn't say that it's inviting more aggressive or further response from the Houthis, she Singh replied. We've seen the Houthis do this before. I'm not saying that we're going to not respond. Uh, we always reserve the right to respond at a time and a place of our choosing, but I just don't have anything to forecast for you right now, she added. Houthis. I mean, we are sitting ducks out there. I get that we do have to have destroyers standing by to protect our troops that are currently on the ground in these certain, you know, these forward operating bases and advisory roles. But come on, man. Keep saying it. I don't know how many times I got to say it. How many times I got to say this? You are leaving them exposed and flapping in the wind. Until some of them, and we've already had 30-some Americans get injured prior to. Just saying. How long do you think before there's uh, U.S. boots on the ground? Uh, in Israel? Yeah. I just have a feeling they're already there. I got a feeling they're... I mean, they're already in Ukraine. I think I think I got a feeling. It's not like your, your conventional forces. I think we got spec ops operating over there. I really do. Because, I mean, the other thing is kind of like... Same with Vietnam. You had spec ops on the ground. 
doing their thing long before conventional forces took over. So I think it's probably already like that. How long does that usually last before? I don't know. It just depends. Becomes like a, an actual hot war. I mean, it already is a hot war. On our side. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, uh, we had our advisors in Vietnam first, I think, in 1955. I think Vietnam really kicked off in, like, late 50s, early 60s. So we were there a good, like, four or five years prior before the actual war really escalated. Um, history repeats itself. Do you think this administration tries to speed it up before the 2024 election? No. They have not think so? I think Israel's what they're wanting right now. I think the way Biden is handling Israel, he's got a little bit more support than he normally is. I think this is uh, what he's needing as far as trying to boost his polling. Um, but the weird thing is, though, you've got such a mix in the DNC. It's not like you're going to have everyone universally backing you on this. He's got he's got Republicans backing him on this one, which is just really odd because now it went from left versus right to now a split side left with the moderate Biden's right joining forces with the conservative right. Now you've got the hardcore leftists have split from the DNC on this one. So it's just like... They, again, the battle lines keep just getting drawn and redrawn, erased, redrawn. Like, you just don't know who's on whose side anymore. Right. So it's it, it's just funny to me. I mean, you know where Biden stands, but it's like it's like a, a split position off his original position that he's actually right is in regards to Israel. I can agree with him how he's handling it so far, so far. Well, outside of the sending the money, that part I don't agree with. But keeping troops out of it, that's the biggest prominent thing that I'm more concerned about. But we'll see. But Ukraine isn't an ally of ours, right? No. Okay, but Israel we did is. sign we did sign an agreement with them back in the eighties or nineties, I believe. I forget what it was called. Uh, there is that, but as far as a NATO ally, no, they are not a member of NATO. Israel is, so there's there's a split difference there. I mean, that's why it would make more sense to send money to Israel. But even but we already still, do though. Like, that's the thing like though. We 30, send them three billion annually. It's like, look, what have you been doing with the money we already sent you? It's like, no, yeah. you don't get any freaking pudding till you finish your dinner at home. It doesn't work that way. But that's just me though. That's that, just me. You know, I think when we're 30-something trillion dollars yeah. in debt, then... Yeah. It needs to stop. We're yeah. broke. Yo. We are broke. I mean, there's, it's so bad right now, folks, for our, our national deficit. We're taking loans to pay off the interest of the loan we already have. That's how bad it is right now. We are taking out loans to pay down interest. Interest. Which... In the grand scheme of things, when you take on a new loan, yeah, normally the first few payments, you are paying off a lot of the interest before you get to the principal. We've had this deficit for a very, 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 very long time. So it's like the, the principal isn't even been touched. It hasn't even been touched. Yeah, it escalated quickly. It's, that escalated quickly, yeah. I mean, Seven trillion in Afghanistan and Iraq for that war. Because it, it was 10 trillion when Obama... Was it? I thought right. it was more. Was I think it was ten trillion. Was it? Oh. By the time he left, it was like twenty trillion. That's it's crazy. Now it's 30, Thirty-three it's, trillion. It, I mean, it's really jumped up quite a bit. Here it in has the last twenty years. Well, people, we just keep printing money. We keep spending money. It's like ah, it just grows on trees. Yeah, it's like, you know, you got to pay that back, to right? Clinton, it was like ten trillion. Then boop. Yep. Finnish lawmaker wins second hate speech case over quoting the Bible. That's right, folks. The Bible is what triggers him now. State prosecutors can still take the hate speech case even higher to the Supreme Court in Finland. Uh, two Finnish, Finnish Christian leaders have beaten hate speech charges filed against them for the second time. Member of the parliament, Pavi Rasanen, a 62-year-old medical doctor and grandmother of seven, and Lutheran Bishop Johanna Pojola, I'm not even going to try. That sounds fun. That sounds fun, yeah. Were again found not guilty of hate speech by a court of appeals in Helsinki. I am deeply relieved. The court has fully restored and upheld the decision of the district court, which recognized everyone's right to free speech. They were trying to cite her for hate speech for quoting the Bible. 
devil. Quoting the Bible. It's like, I'll stop quoting when you stop being such a damn Philistine. How about that? <laughs> it's, just, it's just the funniest thing. It's the funniest thing out there, but I don't know. Uh, she continued, it isn't a crime to tweet a Bible verse or to engage in public discourse with a Christian perspective. No, it's not. Folks, over... This is already here. This is already here in America. Don't you dare cite the Bible because that's hate speech. But you can you can cite the Quran. No, you're good there. Yeah, absolutely. Infidel death. Yeah, absolutely. You're good there. You're cleared hot. Have at it, Habibi. <laughs> Seeing some justice out in the streets today. Uh, Wall Street banker fired over viral video of him telling a Jewish American man to go back to your country. Yeah. A Wall Street analyst has been fired after he was filmed telling a Jewish American to go back to your country while he also covered hostage posters with signs accusing Israel of being an apartheid state committing genocide. Uh, Free Point Commodities confirmed in a statement that the employee seen in a now viral video is no longer associated with the company that does not tolerate discrimination and hate speech directed against any group. He was identified by journalist Andy Ngo Ngo as Kershaw Mystery. Kershaw Mystery. Wait, you're telling a Jewish dude to go back to his country. What country are you from? <laughs> he probably wished he would remain anonymous on that one, right? Uh, I'm like, um, I'm like the only like Native American here. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm already in my country. No, um, yeah, it's crazy. It's killery. Uh, Hold on, there we go. Got that fixed. Um, I never even saw this video. None of your fucking business, dude. Fuck off. The woman snaps angrily as she, the man, both flip their middle fingers at the camera. Asked again if they are real proud of themselves. The man replies, very proud, very proud. The man identified as mystery... Then held up the flyer where they were taping over the posters, which read, Israel is an apartheid state. Come on, go live. Uh, yeah, you just clearly see in the woman's videotaping him. But apparently the man's now been fired. It's just, it's so incredible to me to see how much discrimination that like the likes that BLM claimed was happening towards them during the BLM riots, which again, there was hardly any. And then there are such massive levels of discrimination shown towards Jewish people and is everybody accepts it because as long as you're Muslim, Oh, you're good. You, you are the, the Muslims right now are the new black people. Muslim is the new black. It's true. Muslim is the new black. Don't you dare talk bad about Muslim people because they are just a protected innocent class. They've done nothing wrong. Forget Palestine. Forget the, the murdering of 1200 Jews, 1400. It doesn't matter. Sweep it under the rug. But you touch one hair of a Muslim's head. Woo mama. They're going to come for you. You got to love it. You got to love it. It's hilarious. And you got to love when you get like MSM justice. BBC forced to apologize after falsely claiming Israel targeted medical teams, Arabic speakers, uh, blood libel. Uh, the British Broadcasting Corporation has apologized after one of its news anchors claimed that the Israeli military targeted Palestinian medical teams in and around a Gaza hospital, which is believed to take a key Hamas command post. 
uh, to the controversy erupted on Tuesday when Monica Miller, a Singapore-based news anchor for the UK Public Broadcasters World Service, read from a Reuters dispatch that the detailed Israeli operations at Al-Shifa Hospital. Miller told viewers that the Israeli military was targeted targeting people including medical teams as well as Arab speakers. But the Reuters report included a quote from an Israeli military spokesperson who told the wire service, our medical teams and Arabic-speaking soldiers are on the ground to ensure that these supplies reach those in need. The BBC issued an on-air apology hours after Miller's report sparked outrage, particularly among Jewish groups in the UK who accused the service of perpetrating a blood libel. I listened to the, the apology this morning. I mean, they're just like, we'd like to we'd like to say to BBC that we're sorry for what we ran. It was clearly wrong. It was libelous. It was slanderous. And David Beckham is amazing. No, they didn't say that. Uh, and they were just kind of like, oh, we got the report wrong. But due to our, due to an editorial mishap, and this is beneath our journalistic standards. And the entire world went, sure. Are you sure about that? Are, are you sure about that? It just, you look at this and it's like, Really? This is beneath your standards. You figure when you make an accusation like that, you better come correct. You better have some facts to back that up. You better be certain. Yeah, they don't care. No. They don't, they don't give a damn about that. What are they going to do? Lose their channel? No. Nah. They, yeah, they're good. Run they a reprint. Like, oh, my bad. Because the initial story, once it goes out, that's it. You can go run a retraction. But when they do an apology, it's not like they're doing an entire segment of an apology. Because they do an entire segment of like five minutes over one thing. You get it wrong. And you say, oh, my bad. We're going to do like a, tw- a 10, 15 second apology that most people aren't going to hear. Yeah. Un- until you like broadcast it all over social media. And it's like, look what you guys got wrong. It's like, this is ridiculous. They should have known better. So, um, Former editor of Left Wing Site, Recount, the, the, the Left Wing Site, The Recount, arrested for child pornography. Slade Somer, the former editor of the left-wing news site The Recount, has been arrested and charged for possessing and distributing child pornography. The 44-year-old Somer was reportedly released on $100,000 bail on Monday after being charged in a Massachusetts court. He allegedly possessed and distributed hundreds of child pornography images and videos. Why would he be released on bond? That's a child pornographer, dude. Are you kidding me? You let this freak out? Now, normally, people, you know, you get released on bond. It's like, what's the level of flight risk? This isn't a matter of flight risk. He's not going to run anywhere, but is he going to go back there and start peddling more child porn? Can you, do you know that you can stop this? That's what, like saying, hey, you just murdered a guy, but we're going to let you out on like $100,000 until your next court date. What are the odds that he gets killed? Uh, if he goes to prison, he's going to have a very bad time. No, I mean, while he's out. Oh, I don't know. He maybe has ties to somebody else. Who knows? We'll see. See if he makes it back. I hope he goes to prison, and I hope they kick the ever-loving crap out of him. Uh, Solmer, who also has worked as a camp counselor for a New York City-based nonprofit, was arrested. Oh, God. Ah, uh, really? A camp counselor for a New York City-based nonprofit was arrested at his home in Otis, Massachusetts, Friday, weeks after law enforcement officials confiscated his electronic device after obtaining a search warrant, the newspaper reported. He's, uh, he has pleaded not guilty to two counts of possession of child pornography and two counts of dissemination of child pornography. Uh, if convicted, Somer faces a minimum mandatory sentence of 10 years in state prison if convicted of dissemination of child pornography and five years if convicted of possession of child pornography. Assistant District Attorney Marianne Schleve has called it the most egregious case she has come across. A spokesperson for the recount said Somer is no longer editor-in-chief of this site following a company restructuring exercise in early October to, be, to focus on her editorial and commercial plans. Like hiring pedophiles. Nah. 
I can't. I'm sorry. I cannot blame the company. They, they pedophiles don't go around advertising their pedophiles. Like you just because it's always like, man, we didn't. We never would have known. Never would have known. Yeah. They're everywhere. They keep it secret for a reason. And so it's kind of like I. I. It's a left wing magazine. I'm not gonna sit there and say they're all pedo. I don't know. But am I gonna blame the magazine? No, I'm not. I, I, I think that's disingenuous. I think it's very disingenuous. It's it's bad faith argument. Come on. I'd love to. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm really not surprised. Yeah. But I wouldn't take it out of the magazine That's on this one. Caliber of people that they're hiring over there at that rag. Yeah. Well, it's a left wing rag right off the bat. So, you know, it's a crap magazine. You know, they're going to be spelling out just bullshit lies and propaganda. It's just guaranteed. But, you know, the fact that he's a pedo, I was like, hmm, color me shocked. Color me shocked. Well, we had the uh, the massive Jewish protest that occurred in D.C. yesterday. Apparently, they said like millions were there. Really? Yeah, it started out like up to 100,000. They said, oh, maybe not millions. I, I saw one report, but I don't know how accurate that is. Because I saw the, the picture. I was like, uh, I don't know if that's millions. And there's a couple, a couple hundred thousand there. Is it millions? I don't know. But um, hundreds of Detroit Jews were stranded at a D.C. airport as bus drivers staged malicious walk-off. Hundreds of members of Detroit's Jewish community landed in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday to march in solidarity with Israel in its war against Hamas terrorists, only to be stranded at the airport after what was described as a malicious walk-off by some of the drivers. The Detroit News reports local members of the Jewish Federation of Detroit and the Jewish Community Relations Council journeyed to the national capital to add their support to calls for the freeing of an estimated 240 hostages Hamas terrorists took from Israel to Gaza on October 7th during their barbaric raid. Um... The news report sets out some buses hired a transport. A significant number of the group's participants from the Dole's International Airport to the side of the march failed to show up, according to David Kurzman, senior director of the Community Affairs of the Jewish Federation of Metropolitan Detroit. The lack of transport delayed and in some cases prevented attendees from joining the masses, the mass event. Kurzman made clear his disappointment in a Tuesday statement. We have learned from the bus company that this was caused by a deliberate and malicious walk-off of drivers. Fortunately, many were able to travel to the march, and we are grateful to the drivers of those buses that arrived. While we are deeply dismayed by the disgraceful action, our our resolve to proudly stand in solidarity with the people of Israel to condemn anti-Semitism and to demand the return of every hostage held by Hamas has never been greater. Um, as Breitbart News reported, tens of thousands of demonstrators gathered to protest the anti-Semitism and call for the release of hostages on Tuesday. Um, yeah. Color me shocked. Palestinian supporters, though, right? Am I right? Am I right? You know. You know. It's ridiculous, dude. This stuff's just so stupid at this point. It's so stupid. Like, you're really simping for freaking Palestinian terrorists? Is that is that what we're doing now? Yes. Yes. Exactly. The answer to that is emphatically yes. That's what we're doing now. So, good Lord. It's just, you know... It's ridiculous. But again, folks, does this does this actually surprise you? Does it surprise any of you? Not me. Not me. But I don't know. Well, it's going to be a short day today, folks, here at the uh, All-American Savage Show podcast. I know. Got got some stuff I got to take care of. Sorry for a smaller show today, but I got to get some articles written. Uh, make sure you go check out johnburk.com, J-O-H-N-B-U-R-K.com. We appreciate that. All the articles are there. You can check out the great merch that we've got. Also, make sure you go check out shellshockcbd.com. You guys are phenomenally amazing. We greatly appreciate your patronage. Thank you for making Shellshock a very successful company and us able to actually do this every single day. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We've got a special guest tomorrow. Shannon Joy Radio. She's also on Rumble. She'll be joining us tomorrow for an interview. Looking forward to that. And then we've got Mike Baker from the uh, President's Daily Brief podcast comes to us on the 21st. Excited to have him on as well. Should be a really good time. Ex-CIA guy. Very, very successful podcast. So, all right, folks. The Dustin Ford here at the All-American Savage Show studio. You got anything to have, my man? Yeah, you guys have a great day. And as always, stay savage, America.